0: Log Talk Radio
1: Of the music, there should be a message, and the message should be
2: truth. So now we give you Africa, the center of the world.
3: So vast, so great. The
2: African
1: embrace. When you give The color of life. Universal
3: harmony. The earth supports our conscious effort. For sustaining humanity. Human beings. Human love on a spiritual tent exchange for one so vast to the other. so great
4: the african embrace live,
1: live beyond, beyond, beyond love beyond your skin,
2: your
1: skin. to where you Belong Output transcript Out in the house, 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 in to the house, in the house, in town, house, the house, in the house, in the house, the house, in the house, the the house, in the the
5: Who are we and how do we be we are doo and bebop and hip-hop that we don't stop you see it started a long time ago and it wasn't a show we gave birth to a style like a precocious child feeling the passion for life erasing away all the strife. telling our tales with verbal mail putting honey on the blade creating language to persuade share who we've always been Always a blessing, never a sin. We are doo-wop and bebop and hip-hop and we don't stop. Since our mother gave birth to everyone on earth. So we echo her call. And always walk tall. Because we're hip to the world, so we create black pearls. That everyone can wear. That everyone can share. We can't live in despair. So we shine everywhere. On and on, on and on, on and on. We
6: welcome you to Africa on the Moon. As your host, Brother Africa, it's always a privilege and an honor to come to your homes this evening, where we can speak truth to the powerless and the powerful. This is the 22nd day of May, 2022, and we will feature today the thing, part two, Disinformation and lies. That's right, part two information, and lives. you have you come to come and join us by dialing 323 But like always, we'll get started with our party by introducing you to our political panelists and analysts for today's program, followed by what's going on in your world and the community, and then we'll discuss today's theme. Um, Brother Africa and my panelists, they all are in the seat, and they're going to take the heat, because as you define it, they're going to stand behind you. So let's get started with our party. We're we'll bringing in right now, Brother Haki, and we'd like to welcome him to Africa on the move. Welcome, Brother Haki.
7: Hey, Brother Africa. Thanks for having me. My name is Haki Kamathi Mishoki. Colonel with African awareness, and of course, you know, my name is Institution Building. But I think one thing is important about Africa when we talk about institution building is this uh, whole um, a question around strategy being employed by those positions of power to maintain dominance, and of course maintaining their dominance uh, has very um, very negative impact um, negative uh, impact on the society generally speaking. And so one of the things when we talk about these negative aspects in terms of strategizing politically, uh, this whole question around the Great Reset. Now I want to uh, briefly talk a little bit about The Great Reset but before I do that There's some kind of um, uh, Some information um, I have to convey Prior to, to the actual statement itself But in any event Brother Africa I want you to listen, check this out Now the discontent with the U.S. inability To maintain a rule based order Or the perpetuation of Western imperialism Has angered some Western liberal uh, Excuse me Western leaders like Francis Macron and Germanist Merkel To advocate a different path from the U.S. Uh, Preferential policies like purchase of dollars along with petrodollars has afforded the U.S. the ability to benefit economically even when economic policies embraced by the U.S. are counterproductive. Contractual relationships between the U.S. and the Western world calls for the U.S. to maintain hegemony over economic affairs globally. With the emergence of China, Russia, Cuba, and Venezuela, the ability of the U.S. to maintain its contractual agreement has faltered. The Great Reset under the auspices of the World Economic Forum provides an opportunity to take the lead in strategizing the future of the global economy as a last-ditch legis- legis- effort to maintain Western imperialism unencumbered by US policies that have soured cooperation among global among the global south. Now I think that's important that people understand that that little bit of pretext because it's important in terms of when we understand this group, <laughs> also in the Great Reset, that we understand present in the Great Reset this whole question in terms of totalitarianism. And having said that, brother Africa, check this out. Now in the seeds of totalitarianism, key to understanding the Great Reset has been firmly entrenched in U.S. institutions at its inception. In 1622, the Virginia Council of State (coughs) was established to regulate indentured servants for poor whites and newly introduced African populations. This was established to delineate the wealthy from all others. This stratification was indicative of a (coughs) burning desire among wealthy to consolidate their control and solidify institutions that would reinforce and confirm control by a minority of the people, namely the wealthy. Some historians trace the roots of totalitarianism to 1914 or World War I, when the economic benefits of weapon production and sales of weapons to Europe elevated the U.S. economy by providing revenues, thus spurring investments. R- riding the tide of immense profits, threats to the profits occupied the minds of U.S. elites, who envisioned a world without Russia eliminating the possibility of workers rising up and claiming their share of profits. It is firmly believed by wealthy elites profits must be maximized, but maximization of profits could only be achieved by global financial institutions working in sync to defeat unions, mass demonstrations and and poverty and revolutions around inequality. This is the main of the Great Reset. The concept of Great Reset was established by the World Economic Forum. The WEF was established in 1971 by Klaus Schwab, Schwab an engineer, an engineer by trade, by training. is a big admirer of U.S. corporate exploitation of its citizens, and, is, and has dedicated his life's mission to bring into existence a global economic system structurally and philosophically in tune with the U.S. corporate state and its ability to stifle dissent. Now, achievement of the WF's mandate is an expensive endeavor funded by billionaires throughout the world and government institutions throughout the world, the $460 million yearly budget is insufficient. In addition, WF charges attendees for events $29,000. And membership is reserved for 1,000 of the largest corporations in the world who pay between $62,000 and $620,000 per year. Strategic members pay even more, but with with the higher price tag, strategic members have access to information not shared with other members. While creating the perception that WEF is transparent, it reveals itself to be a tight-knit structure with questionable objectives. For example, WEF's preamble states, quote, the agenda is a plan of action for people, planet, and prosperity. It also seeks to strengthen universal peace and larger freedoms, end quote. And deconstructing this double talk, much can be ascertained about WEF's motives two points. First, prosperity implies unlimited economic growth, which is why humanity is on the precipice of self-destruction in a planet that's becoming uninhabitable. Because endless economic growth theoretically can't be achieved without corresponding levels of poverty, it is not prosperity for humanity that's, that's being sought, but prosperity for the economic elites. Secondly, the larger, the larger freedoms refers to economic markets or the ability to make large profits. Large profits or excessive profits can only be realized in a, can, can only be realized in the climate of economic decline by elevating the level of oppression and or exploitation to achieve ex, excessive profits. So I ask, whose interest is being served by the w, WEF? Now the necessity of the WEF to global elites are vital for a myriad of reasons, but a couple of reasons dominate. First, the decline of capitalism is, pal- is palpable. Rising inflation, mass unemployment, and declining wages have greatly facilitated anger among the masses. Cultural wars, i.e. critical race theory and replacement theory, have resonated with large, with, large, with large numbers, but such draconian attempts to manipulate the multitudes has floundered. Greater oppression is desired by economic and political elites, but oppressive tactics utilized too soon and great preponderance could backfire. Process is required to best facilitate mass oppression, and the WEF, WEF provides a process by which Fenn concern about the state of the world while covertly working behind the scenes to leverage the $100 trillion of its members to buy up assets of development countries while bribing appropriate authorities. Secondly, WEF access to government officials and economic elites ensures communications from interesting parties is consistent. Consistency of message is key to winning over political leaders, who rely on messaging for authorities to sell the idea capitalism is responsive to the needs of humanity. The more politicians uses messaging originating from the WEF, the more legitimacy their statements convey. Legitimacy is an important aspect because with legitimacy comes the power to discern who qualifies as a good citizen and who qualifies as disruptive. In relative short order, an entire community, ethnic group, or linguistic group could be characterized as disruptive, justified denying of their human rights. Think about the incident in Buffalo a week a week, a week and a half ago, or the massacre in New Zealand. Now, the power to persuade is powerful, and WEF is very very powerful. Now, the deception employed by the WEF is is only as effective as institutions that embrace WEF objectives. Without support from the UN, World Health Organization, International Monetary Fund, World Bank, European Central Banks, the Great Reset would not be viable. Collectively. These institutions control between 20 to $25 trillion in assets, which carries a lot of influence. However, there are more tangible reasons for Western elites to support the Great Reset. Strategies employed by Western intelligence agencies to pacify the populations have had limited success. In the case of COVID-19, numerous physicians have revealed studies of SARS-CoV-2. For those who don't know, SARS-CoV-2 is essentially COVID-19. These studies revealed failed to make, the case that COVID-19 actually exists. Now, according to Peter Conan, 193 UN countries went on COVID lockdown at the same time in March 2020, even though allegedly there were only 4,700 alleged cases worldwide. Viruses take time to spread, not manifest over the globe, as though they originated everywhere at the same time. Equally confounding is the finding of a Spanish research team which found v- vaccines contain graphic oxide, which is used for electrical and thermal conductance, which is capable of creating magnetic fields in the human body. It goes on to say the study that is that magnetic field created is accessible by 5G microwaves. It appears claims of being magnetized are true. Brother Africa once talked about the airport security screening him and security one would beep when directed at his upper chest. Stories so like this abound, and as a consequence, COVID-19 was viewed suspiciously, and the subservience of the population anticipated by at least failed to materialize for the most part. In the case of the pro- proxy war using uh, Ukrainians as co- uh, cannon fodder, most people in the U.S. have not been distracted by the talk of the Russian bear. Obedience of the population has not crystallized, and like COVID-19, the subservience of the population sought by political elites never materialized. Most people contend Russia's right to defend itself against threats in lieu of immense protocols swelling out NATO would not expand to Russia's border. Clearly, the aim of the, of the war strategy was to distract the population of the U.S. from the economic delays that are sweeping the country. Instead, this strategy did not simply underscore the instability of the economic system, but exacerbated the already declining economy. Economic system that elevated inflation to a 40-year high and in the declining economy. Juxtaposing rising unemployment, homelessness, and declining wages, the level of hostility among the masses is rising. Without doubt, the W.F. offers Western than least the best chance of prolonging a dying capitalism, but even those odds are questionable given the emergence of states challenging U.S. hegemony. And I
8: close with that, Brother Africa.
6: Thank you, Brother Aki. Brother Anthony, welcome to Africa in the Move.
8: Thanks for having me, Brother Africa. Revolutionary greetings to you, uh, the fellow panelists, and the listening audience. My name is Anthony Williams. I'm an organizer for the All-African People's Revolutionary Party, GC. Objective this Pan-Africanism, the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism.
6: Thank you, Brother Anthony. Going from Brother Anthony. We bring in Brother Moses. Brother Moses? Welcome to Africa on
4: the Move. Thank you, thank you, Brother Africa, and greetings to everyone within the sound of my voice, especially the illustrious panelists. My name is Robert Andrew Moses. I've been in the struggle for scientific socialism. From the moment I was introduced to Marxism during the government class back in my high school years 1968. I call Marxism the race to cure racism. I bear witness that there's one God, Jesus, who is the author and finisher of my faith, and that Mao tongue, is his messenger for government. Fathers, help your children. And we don't reverse correct verdicts. I'm pro-choice, and I vote. Women hold up half the sky. That's why I support the Equal Rights Amendment, ERA, yes. And the situation is, God is not the author of confusion. And uh, we... We have to be uh, vigilant and correct our mistakes when we, when we, when we are told about them. And uh, the struggle is to, to, to define, stand behind the correct political position. The correctness or incorrectness of the ideological and political line will be decisive. And so I thank you once again, Brother Africa, for allowing me to be on the show.
6: Thank you, Brother Moses. Eleanor, talk to me.
3: Good evening, Brother Africa, fellow panelists, and our listening audience. My name is Eleanor Johnson. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to participate in this evening's forum. It's been a harrowing week. It was great to see the Uh, demonstration from Buffalo come down to Black Lives Plaza and let their voices be heard. It's been an eventful week. Thank you so much for having me this evening.
6: Thank you for being, Sister Eleanor. Right now, we're going to pause for the call. When we come back, we're going to open up with what's going on in your world and the community. So, you gonna wear this is africa, africa. on the moon <laughs>
1: I got my features and my name from her, Mama Africa. Mama. The reggae plays unheard. Know just what you're worth. Yeah. Right. Talking about the God you. Show. The science and the arts of Africa I love Africa. I legend your name, it's about Africa.
0: Made in Africa by Stephen Marley. Welcome back
6: to Missing Pages of History. We will make our transition right now to what's going on in your world and the community. You can call and share with us what's going on in your world and the community by dialing 323 679 This is Africa on the Move. Starting off with Brother Haki, what's going on in your world in the community, Brother Haki? Well,
7: Brother Africa, uh, a state senator out of Oklahoma, a Rob Standridge, came up with an interesting interesting bill, and it's called the Student Religious Belief Protection Act, and it's very interesting for three particular reasons. Uh, first, it states teachers could be sued if they present an imposing view from the student religious beliefs. Secondly, it says parents can demand any book deemed anti-religious be removed from school libraries. And thirdly, subjects like LGBT, evolution or the Big Bang Theory, birth control, and presumably racism should not be discussed in schools. Now, the bills go on to say that in any event that the teachers uh, prevent any type of infraction, they could be sued a minimum of $10,000. Now, here's the catch. The payment of $10,000 cannot come from the school system. It must come from the teachers themselves. If the teachers don't have the finances, then they are automatically fired from their employment. Now, this is very interesting, and my concern is this about Africa. Um, you, know, you know, one of the things is that, you know, a lot of these perceptions that these evangel- evangel- uh, evangelicals have is not based upon logic or science. It's based upon, uh, you know, some, um, some internalization of some idea of that its own legitimacy resides inside their own heads. But nonetheless, they believe it to be true. For instance, so how do you explain to evangelicals the universe is older than 2,000 years old, uh, given the fact that you got trees that are two, older than 2,000 years old? Uh, conveying that to someone who's an evangelical is a very difficult thing to do. Or how do you explain to evangelicals creation of human beings were not achieved three different times? In other words, how do you explain race as a social-political construct that seeks to divide, divide people and defines a religious scripture? There are many evangelicals who take a position that, in fact, that any type of hardship uh, that is visit upon people of color has everything to do with the, uh, their standing with the Creator. In other words, the reason why they are oppressed or they suffer is because they, they're, they're essentially uh, their existence is at odds with, with creation. That's very ironic. Simply, when, particularly when you start talking about scripture, uh, which talks about the love of all things, and then for someone to make the Creator's dichotomy in terms of you know uh, <laughs> the Creator's love based upon skin color is sort of sort of ridiculous. It's sort of, it's, actually, it's crazy. But equally problematic, brother uh, brother Africa is the fact that when this this bill talks about this, essentially, it, it, it creates a problem in terms of separation of church and state. So essentially, by the teachers not being able to, impart information or knowledge, uh, it means that uh, the, the, the power in terms of, uh, in terms of um, providing instruction or information or knowledge per se is actually in the hands of students and not in the hands of the educators. And I think that's very problematic because one of the things, if you have a student who's going to articulate something that's maybe a bit out of this world, uh, something that's uh, not grounded in reality the educational process has a vested interest in terms of providing some clarity for that young man or that young woman in terms of why they're thinking it might be somehow outside of the mainstream or maybe somehow irrational. But this bill provides that kind of clarification, which means that you're giving all the power to the children at the expense of the educational process. And for that, I find it very really problematic. So the question of separation of, state, of church and state uh, for me becomes problematic. And so if this bill passes, it's going to be very, very interesting in terms of the state of Oklahoma. But ultimately, if it does pass, you can envision that those things going to sweep uh, much of the nation, particular southern states, uh, who are more inclined to agree uh, uh, with this kind of, this line of thinking. And I close with that, Brother Africa.
6: Thank you, Brother Haki and Brother Anthony. Come and talk to us. What's going on in your world and the
8: community? Hey, a few things. Uh, One, uh, the All-African People's Revolutionary Party, GC, and its women's wing, the All-African Women's Revolutionary Union, had a very nice uh, webinar today on the role of women in our revolutionary struggle. It was very informative. And uh, one of the things that struck me was how, uh, you know, women from different parts of the world and different levels of experience, uh, there was a certain commonality. And that, and, uh, and that is that the solution to women's oppression is scientific socialism. And uh, there seemed to be a, a general realization that uh, that, uh, that 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 uh, that that capitalism is a major part of women's oppression. Also, uh, let's see. It seems like uh, this summit of the Americas that's scheduled to take place in Los Angeles. Uh, California in a couple of weeks seems to be falling apart uh, because of the United States' uh, decision to exclude Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela from participation in this summit. And uh, several countries have elected to boycott it uh because of that uh you know uh decision by the united states so that's an interesting uh you know uh development and also um uh let's see uh around uh uh napa uh let's see the uh the the Palestinians are catching hell. From of Zionist forces uh, their various attacks taking place all over uh, Palestine against uh, Palestinians and their struggle for uh, control of their homeland thank you brother
6: Anthony for your information on what's going on in your world community we now go to brother Moses Dr. Moses, what's going on in your world in the community?
4: Well, I've been I've been thinking about this for the last two weeks. I've been trying to get this information across, and um, so tonight's tonight, um, the God question, essentially Christianity versus Trotskyism. After much consideration, I have decided to criticize a trend within the working class movement for justice and peace. The Zionists deny the truth of Jesus' teachings on internationalism and against the restoration of Israel as advocated by the Zionists of his day. True, many Trotskyites are anti-Zionists in the political struggle, yet ideologically they have not thoroughly broken with tr- the Jewish traditions. This is manifested in the anarchy of production of childbirth. The most important decision morally one makes is when and under what conditions one should father or mother another human being. Christianity is about defense of the fatherland, i.e., the mother consciously declares who is the father of her child. Like Karl Marx and so many others, the children are labeled with the name of their father. This may seem like a small matter, but communism is a godless ideology and has no morality, only ethics. Professional revolutionaries are concerned with getting a job done, and this is the compass by which behavior is judged. P. Adelan pointed out that morality belonged to the era of religion. Marx proclaimed religion to be the opiate of the masses. The materialist knows only human behavior, and there is no God. Jesus lived at a time when answering the God question was vital to human progress. Without a vision, the people perish. Without revolutionary theory, there can be no revolutionary movement. Jesus tackled the issues and reconciled humans and God. Quote, I am the way, the truth, and the light, unquote. Wise people recognize the correctness of his position, for it has meaning, especially for the Palestinian people. As Chairman Mao pointed out, the critical contradiction for the international movement of the working class is the national liberation struggle versus imperialism and not the imperialism versus the socialist camp. History has proven the correctness of this view. Trotskyism is the ideology threatening the advancement of the communist movement. Interestingly, the greatest defenders of socialism, everywhere except where it exists, have now generally accepted the existence of socialism and there is less talk of, quote, socialism can't exist in one country There's deformed workers' states, etc. unquote. The attack on J.B. Stalin and Mao Zedong are the direct result of Trotskyism and played a critical role in the collapse of the Soviet Union. I maintain there is one God, Jesus, and that Mao is his messenger for government. The Trotskyism is essentially petty bourgeoisie revolutionism, and I'll leave it right there. Thank you.
6: Thank you, Brother Moses. Brother Hockey, what's going on in your world? Communicate. You talk about this possibility of new legislation where teachers will be threatened to challenge any idea the students may have, and you're talking about the removal process where books can be easily removed based on some individual people's preference. Um. It has a little hard uh, uh on this whole question of how we're going to arrive at the truth. And rewriting and re- um, revisiting history for the past and present. Your response? Can you hear me, Brother Hockey? Okay, what we're going to do right now to our listening audience, uh, from time to time, we have problems with our board. This is one of these cases. We can see if we can write it out. You know, Michael, was clear. When you're not doing anything, the enemy ain't doing that to you, then you're to be doing anything worthwhile, a while. Well. But um, it's unfortunate when we talk about this whole concept of freedom of speech. And just to talk about give people information so they make choices, the best choices, correct choices, you run against these kind of um, tactics. So right now, my board is sort of dysfunctioning. What we're going to do, like I said, once they put, we're going to play a little music, and we're going to see if we can ride this thing out. So this is Africa on the move. We're not going nowhere. We're going to be here. We'll be right back. Let's enjoy some musical inspiration. There's messing with our boys everywhere. Yeah, I'm messing with our boys. There's... Okay, let's just see if we can just continue to talk. There's this is boring, it's going haywire. And this comes with the territory. Um, can you hear me talking, Brother Haki? Brother Moses, can you hear me?
4: I can hear you loud and clear. I hear everything that's going on, yeah.
6: Yeah, they mess with this board. This board is, really, is 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 going out of control. Let's see if we can ride this thing out. You're the only one that right
0: now can, um, whose um, line is operating properly. What can we say? You have those kind of days and you have these kind
6: of obstacles and you just can't run for you try to confront it. So let's see if we can bear this out for a while. Don't listen to me on Africa on the Move. This is why it's important We ask you the last couple of weeks if you can email us your... Email us. To let us know that you listen to this program, that you appreciate this program. Just email us because there are lots of information that we'd like to share with you and give to you, but we have no way of communicating with you. We know you're listening to the show, but we don't know exactly who. So email us at africanthemove2 at gmail.com. africanthemove2 at gmail.com. So we can have a direct link to communicate with each other. Now, you know, what we're doing today through this platform is a platform we don't control. It's being controlled by the man. They can do all kind of technological things to this form of communication to keep us from communicating. But this is why we need to establish a direct link where we know who our audience is and email us, yes I listen to Africa on the move or I support Africa on the move. They email it to Africa on the move to a gmail that called
0: together. So we still waiting to see if we can get our boy back. Brother Moses,
2: Yeah. are there
6: any things you'd like to talk about a little bit about what took place this week that was sort of of interest to you?
4: Well, um, there was a demonstration for Julian Assange this week, Tuesday, uh at 1 p.m. at the Department of Justice, uh, free Julian Assange. Uh, I think it was mainly Code Pink and some other groups. Uh, uh, Julian Assange is, you know, WikiLeaks publisher, and uh, he's definitely going. He's a political prisoner, and and we need to be doing all we can to see that he is, is released.
6: Yeah, I think they are taking Moses' voices out, voice out as well. So we're going to stay put, see if we can just ride this out. While we ride this out, I encourage everyone to pick up a book or something, read for a few minutes, and see if we can get this thing back in order. What can you say? What can you say?
4: Is Eleanor on the line?
6: I uh, know all, all of their lines are out of whack for right now. You know, it's just the only one for right now. Let's see if we can wait a few minutes when we go ride this thing out. I guess want to do the right thing, that's all. Is that actually so much, Brother Moses, just telling people to do the right thing?
4: Yeah, You're just want to do the right
6: thing, get the right information. That's all.
4: Yeah, in the, in the end, truth will prevail. That's our faith, is that Truth will prevail.
0: We totally lost control of our board to, to the listening
6: audience, so we're just waiting to see if we can ride this thing out for the little bit. So once, once told me if you want to freedom, oppress you better own one. That make a mm-hmm. lot of sense. If you want mm-hmm. to freedom of oppress, you better own one.
2: Mm-hmm. If
6: you don't own one, then you will never have it.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, let's calm it down a little bit. Let's see. I just wait a few more minutes. Let me go back to my line. She's working. You still we still hanging in there with me, Brother Moses?
4: Yeah Yeah, I'm still
6: here. Can you
3: hear
6: me? Okay, I yes I yes I can. Right. Let me see, let me go to uh Sister Eleanor. Can you hear me, Sister Eleanor? Yes yes, Brother
3: Africa.
6: I'm here. Thank you. Okay, we got your line back. Let's see if we got uh Brother Hake line back. Brother Haki, can you yeah, hear me? I'm, now? He, I'm here. Okay, we got your line back. Let's see who else on here. Brother Anthony, Brother. can you hear me?
8: Yes, I can. Can
6: you hear me? Oh, uh, This board is going crazy. This board is going crazy, y'all. We got to organize like never before. So that's the reason we can continue the show, but um, we're going to be interrupted for time to time, and my music boy is completely gone. So that's all right. Let's kick the people some ballistics. Um, what were we saying? We were talking about what's going on in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly, brother haki There's this new law, this rule. That they're about suing the teachers, giving me really question, and challenge, a, a student thought. I mean, the sole question about ha- being able to be educated, the sole question of um, looking at history as being something objective. feeling like all this stuff is going out the book. They can write only what they want you want you to know. Your response, brother haki That's the like fact. That's the role we're going now. The role that they're on now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, you you earlier
7: you asked about the you know, the long term implications. Uh, my position, in That's addition right. to long term implications. Hello.
6: Hello. Yes, we can hear you. Go ahead, brother. We can hear you.
7: Yeah, somebody got somebody got to mute their mic. They uh, they're coming through. All right, and, and, and in addition to the long term implications, you know, of this particular bill, there's also short term implications. Uh, one of the things is when we when we talk about
6: Go ahead. Cut you all completely on this end. We can't hear you all. We can't hear you all. We can't, hit your, we can't hear you all, Brother Haki. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Brother Haki, now? Can you hear me? I I can hear you. All right, go ahead now. They're going, they mess with the boys, so. We just we have to just deal with it. But go
7: ahead. Yeah. Well, yes, one of the, problems, the Yeah. Well, one of the problems in terms of society, but specifically when you say it's a democratic society, what is very important is access to information. But what's been happening over the last over the last um, uh, you know five to seven years? It's been an intense uh, uh, attempt at actually circumventing you know access to information. And one of the things when you when, one of the reasons why there's been a tremendous rush in terms of preventing the you know, dis excuse me, the sensation of information has a lot to do with the fact that uh people positions of power recognize the the precarious nature of the, the capitalist system. Capitalism is in great decline. Uh recently I read a report talked about in terms of the uh you know, you know, uh the stock valuations. We talk about the fact that in order to make money, you know, people who those organizations which sell stocks overvalue those stocks, and as a consequence, it has it had a negative impact on the overall function of the overall economy. And as such, uh, the people who do have access to the, access to to all the assets, uh, their they their their motivation is simply to to profit at any any expense. And as a consequence, so we talk about things like housing. We talk about things like even buying cars. Uh, the prices, or even, or even food, the prices of these things have increased exponentially. So that's been a concerted effort in terms of making sure people don't make the connection between uh, the, the how, how precarious the society is and their and own pain that they're currently feeling. So the, the non-people information is very, very important to people in positions of power because that way, if people are, are, are not cognizant of what's actually going on in society, then they're much much more uh, they tend to be much more complicitous in terms of participating in oppression simply because they don't understand what's really going on. And so so this being is just uh, symptomatic of this kind of rush to deny people access to information. Uh, one of the things you know when we talk about you know religion, we got to be very very clear. In the context of America, America, when they talk about you know uh, protecting you know, uh, the sanctity of religion, they're talking about Christianity. They're not talking about other religions. You can criticize other religions. That's fine. But what you do not, what you should not criticize is Christianity, and that is the issue. That is the thing. And so it's ironic that when you talk about Christianity, you talk about the origin of Christianity, most most people who are Christians don't know about the origin of Christianity. They don't know anything about that. They don't know the origin of Christianity goes by to the Ethiopia. They don't know that. They don't know that in fact that the, a lot of Christian, a lot of the scriptures, Christian scriptures that they have embraced have actually been changed. Not only historically, but also in the context of modern colonial America in which in order to make people subservient to the state, a lot of those structures were changed to to accommodate that end. So clearly Brother Africa, uh, you know, uh this is just part of a long term in terms of non people access to information. And one of the things one of we've got to be very, very clear on, uh and the non people access to information then you ensure people make the wrong decision. So as a consequence, you have a situation in Buffalo where a young man killed all these people out of the uh the, 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 the belief that in fact that in doing so he can avert you know, the great replacement you know, of, of white people in American society. Obviously, he didn't understand the economic reality, nor did he understand the political reality in terms of how capitalism functions. If he had understood that, did he understand these things that he perceived as a threat are not a threat at all? But they're only a threat in his mind because they have legitimacy because he haven't had access to other kinds of information. So, information that he actually had access to kept reiterating the same thing over and over and over again, so it has legitimacy in his mind, but in reality, when you talk about in terms of threats in terms of, you know, uh, as it relates to population, that whites really don't have any fear in terms of ever becoming a minority in America, and that's because of immigration policy as well, as uh, economic issues in terms of uh, the longevity as it relate to, to life for people of color. So this threat, in ter- the alleged threat, in terms of white numbers, is just something that they, the that they continually push, because it's going to, is it, 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 it's going to a kind of emotional response when people don't necessarily think. So we need information, we need alternative ideas in terms of you know, you know, in terms of you know how things operate in society. Without those alternative things, clearly, uh, people are vulnerable to all kind of manipulation. But that's precisely what people in positions of power want. They want to make sure that people don't have access to information, increase their vulnerability, make them more susceptible to propaganda. Uh, and so we got to be very clear, you know, this is, this bill is simply a continuation of, 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 of that mindset.
6: Okay. okay. Let's see if we can break Sister Eleanor in here. Sister Eleanor, let me see if your line is back working again. I'm going to click on to you, and if you can hear me, say, yes, I can. Can you hear me, Sister yes, Beautiful, yes, I beautiful, can. that's Yes, yes, yes. keep moving forward, sister Eleanor Sister Eleanor, talk to me, what's on your mind right now, as you begin to figure out how we deduct the remain in this program, what's going on well, what's I, you thinking?
3: I, I I was listening to Brother Haki, and he's so right about right now inflation uh you know it's it's something that uh unemployment being unemployed is a very personal experience but inflation is something we all witness every day when we go to the grocer to the gas station when we do whatever it is we do and it can it it really is a, a a hardship so it forces people to restrict uh some people to restrict their purchasing and that's the only control they have over combating inflation in their life it it, it uh, reduces some luxury buying and uh it's it's really bad right now it almost feels like 20,008 uh to me we've survived the pandemic uh uh two years of the pandemic and here we are facing this outrageous inflation. And we're all so distracted by the Russian Ukraine conflict and investing so much in the Ukraine and pile and 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 um, the fact that uh two neutral nations rather than continuing to be neutral would decide to join NATO at this time shows how much disinformation and panic there is in the world in the EU as well as the United States and other countries. Um we 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 ignore the reality right now of the Palestinian people and this serious anniversary and and important issues such as uh, uh, African Liberation Month and the importance of recognizing uh, our allies and friends such as the Palestinian people, uh, the Irish, looking at what's happening in Yemen, with this uh, Saudi uh, uh, attack on the people of Yemen, the suffering in Somalia, what's happening in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, what's going on so much in the world, and the lack of accessibility to the press, just what's happening and has happened in Mexico since last September with so many journalists being murdered. So the question is, uh, more than ever, we should learn uh, from what happened with the uh, election of a fascist like Donald Trump. We should realize that through organization, through organizing, we have the potential of organizing millions of people to bring about solid social change. And we should stand firmly with the workers at Starbucks and with Amazon. I uh, may be boycotting Amazon, boycotting Starbucks. Why? Well, you know, think about it before you have that next soy latte. And uh, these are considerations that working people, the middle class, need to take into consideration. And we need to align ourselves as workers together. And I think it it can be done. We saw what uh Trump was able to do with lies. He still has thousands of people at rallies talking about a stolen election. Well that didn't happen. And we get no reporting on the 39 states that passed voter suppression laws. And we saw that the governor of Arizona has joined Governor Abbott of Texas and wants to send migrant workers to the District of Columbia. Well, we're not xenophobic here, so send them. But the reality is we need to take a look at what's happening domestically and try to unite all people. You, we cannot allow ourselves at this time to be divided by, by language or, or race. And in terms of this replacement theory, one thing Brother Aki has said previously, that's in a way really laughable because there's so many people that are non-white in this country who are now calling themselves white. So it's a strange time in in American uh, culture and history, and it is an opportunity for uh, us to be organized. It's an opportunity right now, I think, also for uh, the brothers and sisters on the continent to unite around this energy crisis in in, uh, fostering the development of reusable energy while utilizing the pipeline between Algeria and uh, Spain and also... It's an opportunity uh, for us to encourage Pfizer and Moderna to allow the eight countries that are prepared to produce the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines in their countries, in South Africa, in Egypt, in Kenya, in Senegal, in Ghana, in Nigeria – in Morocco to let that be done. Why should we allow the pharmaceuticals to have just such greed that they rather let people lose their lives rather than have these nations of the world produce the vaccine? They're asking Moderna and Pfizer to simply allow the proprietary information to be used, and that they will address the issue of um, uh, distribution of the vaccine uh, that is produced in their countries and on vaccine hesitancy. We also realize, Brother Africa, that the U.S. is about to hit a milestone, a million people dead did we lose that many people in the last two wars have we lost that many people in 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 the last 50 years in car crashes i don't know uh as a matter of fact but i would tend to doubt that that has happened and there's so there are many things to look at and we need to stand in solidarity uh, also with the Afghan people, just there's no reason for the people of Afghanistan to starve and suffer as they are because of our disagreements uh, with the Taliban. There's no reason for more than a half a million people to have died in Yemen because the U.S. continues to sell the Saudis' weapons. It's, it's no reason uh, that I know of that we should have drone strikes in Somalia or why we do not allow the Palestinian issue of dealing with Israeli apartheid to be known why the world is standing by while settlers are, um, are occupying Palestinian territory, Palestinian land. And we, as uh, was mentioned last week, it could have been one of any other nations, as Brother Anthony said, Tanzania or South Africa, as uh, some people call it, or Uganda, or Kuwait. There was other countries offered. So it's not like there's any historical connection to um, the development of Israel as a military settler state. It was simply uh, uh, a matter of Great Britain and the Zionists deciding what would be uh, uh, the most reasonable location in terms of economic development and access to uh, the EU and the Western world. All right.
6: Thank you, Sister Eleanor. Let's see if we can bring in Brother Anthony. Brother Anthony, if you can hear my voice, say Africa in the Yes,
8: north. I can, Brother Africa. Brother, uh, um, Brother Anthony,
6: let's talk a little bit about uh, the APRPGC and the uh, African Liberation Month, So far, the various activities that have taken place. Give me your synopsis of uh, some of the things that have taken place and some of the things that you have learned from it.
8: Uh, sure. Um, uh, let's see. We've uh, we've uh, throughout the month we have the same overall all theme. And that is that, uh, you know, we're taking a stand against uh, imperialism, capitalism, Zionism, uh, and neocolonialism. And for pan-Africanism, one unified socialist Africa, which is the ultimate solution to the problems that Africans throughout the world face. And uh, let's see. Uh, uh, one of the things that struck me at the uh, at the program on the role of women uh, in today's revolutionary struggle that was uh, presented by the All African People's Revolutionary Party GC is how how similar the views of the various women organizations were. Even though they're organized in different parts of the world, uh, they face different conditions and have different experiences. One of the things that struck me was how, uh, how they realized that the liberation of women is bound up with the defeat of capitalism in all of its manifestations. In other mm-hmm. words, for them, uh, for their people to be liberated, it has to be under a scientific socialist government. And uh, that's something that struck me about, uh, you know, uh, you know how uh, how similar. The views were to our political line, and that shows the correctness of it. The fact that people that have uh, different experience and backgrounds agree that the solution to the problem of women's oppression is scientific socialism. I hear you. And too, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs>
6: No, go ahead. Finish talking. I mean
8: to No I, uh let's see. And also, um, you know, that uh they realized the importance of organization. And uh those were two uh two takeaways from uh today's program. And that program should be available on our website www.a-aprp-gc.org shortly.
6: You know, Brother Anthony, and to, to all the panelists, uh, when we talk about African liberation, one of the things that real clear at the first um, conference of Ghana independence by Kwame Kuma, when he made a statement that the independence of Ghana is meaningless, not unless all the Africa is totally liberated, unified, and function as one government. We can see that it was going for a, uni- a united continent, but they end up compromising. They end up with this thing they call the Organization of African Unity, which we can see the end of of that today. Now, it's funny our history seems to play itself over and over and over again. Um, one lady made a statement today at the uh, Women's Conference that Nkrumah was correct in terms of his analysis of, say, the African countries need to unite, the continent unite as one. They need to do it at that point in time and not to wait, because the wake is very fatal. And now we can see what, what's going on. Well, I'm just wondering, Brother Haki, Anthony, Moses, when you look at the continent today, all of the countries is basically, country functioning under neocolonialism. We don't have one single country that is totally independent that can become the light, the battle cry, where we can take other Africans around the world and train them and nurture them and teach them how to go back home and transform that society you have to have their people liberated. This is something that we seem to be replaying again. Since uh, 1957 Call you for the independence Of Ghana Your response brother Anthony First and then other people can weigh in on it
8: Sure Uh, Let's see At the time uh, uh, Most Almost all of these African countries became independent The revolutionary Political parties That led them to independence were relatively small in proportion to their population. And, uh, you know, they hadn't developed a sufficient quantity of cadre to sustain, uh, you know, themselves over the long haul. In other words, in case something happened to their political leadership, and uh, let's see, it was an issue I raised uh, on one of our programs in which we had a representative of uh, the Friends of the Congo and also a representative of, uh, no, the, the head of the Kawaida organization organization uh, present. And I raised this question uh you know about uh you know the importance of political education among the masses uh and uh let's see and uh very often we dep- we're very dependent upon individual leadership and um uh you know and that's something uh that the all African People's Revolutionary Party, GC, has learned from over the decades that we have been organizing uh, African Liberation Day, Palestine Day, that, uh, that pan-Africanism has to be built from the bottom up. A top-down approach will not work. Uh, And that's because uh, individuals' egos getting in the way. And also, uh, let's see, there was also the... uh, We did not have... We have not had sufficient cadre to take over the educational system of the youth of these countries. A lot of these countries were dependent upon uh former colonialist forces either for the uh 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 for their administrative past or for the education of the youth so that tells me that we that uh pan africanist forces have to be about uh build uh developing uh, political education mechanisms that can train uh you know more cadre than what what a lot of these uh, existing organizations have
3: right now.
6: Okay. Brother Brother Moses, can you hear me? If you can hear me, Brother Moses say Africa on the move. Brother Moses, if you can hear me say Africa is on the move. brother Moses, if you can hear me,' say Africa on the move. We're still having problems on this control control board, so uh panelists, we're doing the best we can. Let's see. Let me see if I can bring in Brother High Brother High can you hear me? Or the whole board is gonna whack. Brother Anthony, you always back online to see still, still operating. Can you hear me, Brother Anthony?
8: Yes, I can.
6: We gotta to have to wait until our day. get hopefully uh get back in line and uh, start functioning properly. But let's continue to carry on and talk about African Liberation Month right? and the A P I P G C Give people something to think about. Give people something to think about. Now, you know, the biggest problem that African people have today is the issue of disorganization. You know, 99.5% of our people do not belong in the organization. And we say if you want to make advancement and you want to overcome these obstacles, we got to be organized because the enemy is organized. Plus, organization, when you organize, you can do things more clearly, more efficiently, and you can um, measure progress. More effectively. Now, how do we package this concept of organization to our people so they can get to um, understand the need for it? By the Anthony? I know that's a hard question. But I, I'm just well, I actually take a stab at that. How do you package organization a stab at
2: it. It I think so we-
8: like a dance? I think we need to do more programs like what we're doing with uh, African Liberation Day, Palestine Day this year. In other words, we're doing a series of different webinars or talk programs trying to educate people, uh, you know, to, uh, to our true history. And, um, you know it's interesting that we were going to talk about uh you know uh you know this uh control of information and uh mm-hmm. without uh, proper information, people cannot make the correct decisions and uh so I think it's interesting that it's something that Uh, we were planning on talking about tonight, but one of our goals inside the All African People's Revolutionary Party GC is the political education of our people, and also the development of, uh, of a critical mass of our cadre, so that we can proceed Uh, through all the steps necessary to liberate our homeland and unify it under a scientific
0: socialist government. Now, when you
6: use the word political education, give me the difference or the distinction between education and political education. What's the difference? Sure.
8: Sure. Uh let's see, uh political education is guided by a revolutionary ideology. And uh and for us the correct ideology for the African revolution is incrementism tourism, which is an ideology that uh that comes from the works, practices, writings and lessons taught by Asashifo, Kwame Nkrumah, Ahmed Chikotere, and Kwame Ture during their lives while they were working to achieve Pan-Africanism. And uh, the difference between that and just, uh, you know, rote education is that it involves people, teaching people how to think critically, not just giving them data, but how to analyze that data and, uh, and and that information and to analyze in who interest is the information presented or given.
6: I hear you. Uh, when the program is coming up on Thursday to 26th, from 11 to 2 a.m., I believe, is going to be highlighting students from all around the world. They're going to be calling in and talking about students are the spot. Now, why are students important? We see a lot of times when we see turmoil that take place, a lot of times these students some kind of way be involved. What do you mean by the students are the spot? Talk a little bit about the crucial role of students the crucial role that they can play in bringing about a change in society. Why the others Sure. They are
8: the they are the catalyst, so to speak, for change because uh what they uh, the knowledge that they learn uh from the schools, colleges, uh and institutes that they go through to study, they can their role is to bring those skills back to the larger community and uh and and, and teach them those uh, those skills and information and in that way they spark uh revolutionary change they can't carry it out only the masses of working people can uh, can do that but they can uh, but the knowledge that they have they can bring it back and teach the masses what they've learned from these institutions and in that way serve as catalyst for change as uh, mm-hmm. people such as uh, Martin Luther King Jr and Malcolm X did when they were living And uh, a lot of our, and if you look at our history carefully, you'll find that a lot of our political leadership got started in their youth, while they were uh, while while they were in their uh, their twenties, thirties, and thirties. So we've got uh, so we've got to encourage our youth to to fulfill their role as catalysts for change in society. I hear you, Brother I hear you.
6: So to our listening audience, this is Africa on the Moon. I'm Brother Africa. We just, as they say on the corner, kicking the the bubble. But this bubble is based upon realities, based on facts. We are having a very difficult time operating on that board. Um, and we have no control, so I think our boy maybe now may be operating now. Um, go back to high key, brother high key, If you can hear me, say Africa on the move. One, two, three. I'm going back to high key. brother high key. If you can hear me, say Africa on the move. I can hear you. Okay. Okay. Now, I was talking to Anthony earlier, we were talking about this whole question about Africa. Don't have one single independent country where they can use this advice to train train and nurture other freedom fighters so we can go around the world and help liberate our people. What are some of the arrows that you have seen looking at history, Brother Haki, that we have made in the 60s and we come and see that today and we continue to make these same arrows?
7: Some errors, uh, you know, brother Africa. Yeah. I'm not sure if a lot of what's happening can be qualified as errors. I think what happens is that you have this class dimension uh, that exists, you know, in the context of the ca- uh, of the continent, and so you have a lot of people in positions of power who are comfortable with the status quo. In other words, the kind of exploitation of Africa. Uh, is not necessarily a concern of they are simply because they prosper individually or as a small group. And so therefore to say that their their classism is a function of of, of ignorance is, is to be is to be misinformed. We should not we should not <clears throat> automatically assume that they're, that their classism is a function of ignorance. But understand that a lot of times they're motive simply by self interest, pure and simple. In that context, when you start talking about actually having, you know, uh, these kind of discussions, or this kind of discourse around which way forward on the continent, you got to understand that philosophically, that mindset, that idea, in terms of facilitating that kind, that kind of discussion on the continent, is antithetical to the aspirations in- or the interests of a lot of the ruling elites in Africa,
5: and so therefore,
7: the bottom line is that you, they're not going to allow you to come into Africa uh you know to simply you know to, to to create those kind of cadres to begin that process in terms of creating those kind of cadres which is going to essentially challenge the status quo secondly i think one of the things that also brother africa is, you see there was an economic system in place which shows the underdevelopment uh, or of, of the exportation of africa african leaders have been all too content in terms of participating in the structure And the question becomes, so if if you continue to participate in the structure, do you really think anything's going to get better for you? Of course, we can understand the hindsight, just even in contemporary terms, we understand that participating in in, in, in this this imperialist structure is not in the interest of Africa. Uh, So therefore, you know, the question becomes, what is it in terms of this imperialist structure, which is so difficult for a lot of African leadership to grasp? You know, PL, PLO The movement is very good in terms of talking about you know, some of the real ironies when it comes to, you know, a lot of the policies African leaders embrace, and, this, and despite the destructive nature of these policies they embrace, they continue to embrace them anyway. So we, so we, so we're talking about you know, so so we we we're talking about a situation where you know certainly there's certain a degree in terms of of self hatred, there's a degree of colonialism in terms of the mindset of a lot of African leaders. And that is very, very true. Now, to the, to the extent that we can impact that colonial mindset becomes a different question. I think Brother Anthony is right. I think in terms of facilitating change on the continent, you have to start from the bottom up. But the problem is that in order to do that, you know, to facilitate that change from the bottom up, you have to have a certain amount of uh, participation among those higher up who allow such such kind of activity to take place in the first place. Uh, you know, one of the things that, one of the things I, I noticed on the continent is that when you talk about public gatherings, African states don't don't play that. They, they don't allow you to have public gatherings. It's very it's very controlled. As a matter of fact, if I went out to the parks and just started talking about whatever is going on in a public in a public arena, I'm subject to be arrested simply because that kind of thing is frowned upon. That kind of that that kind of individual effort in terms of addressing the systematic wrongs in society, are frowned upon by leaders. You would think that African leaders would say, hey, we embrace people who are actually trying to break some clarity in the situation because unless our people fully understand the challenges they're confronted with, that's a conceivable way for them to rise above the suppression. That doesn't happen. And so this class element is something that we have to take into consideration in terms of trying trying to innovate. Uh, you know, these kind of structures on the continent, which is in the best interest of Africa. Also about Africa, I got, you know, one of the things that I I just to talk about the terms of this colonial mindset, I think it's so pivotal. I think when you talk about the Organization African Union, now keep, in, keep in mind, just a couple of decades ago, when they changed it to the, to, the, to the African Union, they did that for specific reasons. Was the nations pressured, if not bribed, African leaders to change the designation of the Organization of African Unity. In other words, this whole focus on unity uh, was to be discarded, and so no longer the question of unity among African people will be relevant. What be what is relevant now is simply an organization of African people, you know, African Union. So you have these African people coming together, but it's never discussed unity. So therefore, you, essentially what they've done is created an a, a institution, which is geared toward the perpetuation of imperialism. So, 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 so you know, you know, and as much as I'd like to believe, like to be idealistic, and you know, as much as like to believe, you know, that in fact, that you know, those the things that we need on the continent in terms of cadres, in terms of institutions, in terms of an awareness, in terms of what's going on, as much as we need those things, the bottom line is we're talking about a system in place. And so, first and foremost, I think what we have to do is we have to identify people on the continent, you know, who understand the necessity. In terms of change, you see, ultimately, this idea—the idea is for us to eventually be in a situation where you know, uh, you know, we have this exchange between Africans on the continent and Africans from the U.S. going back and forth around around the building around our building efforts. Of course, I'm not naive. I understand that people's positions of power in the Western states are not simply going to allow that to happen. And the irony of irony is that once you, if you were to were to successful in terms of creating that kind of relationship between Africans on the continent and Africans born in the U.S. or, to, or, or what Africans stood in the West, moving back and forth in terms of creating these college, and institutions that are so relevant in terms of the existence of African people. The problem is that, you know, once Western states go to the African leaders and say, listen, this guy or this group is a problem they must be dealt with. You know what's going to happen? African leaders are going to deal with you. I can't tell you how many times I've been an African man followed by, by agents of the state. I had the opportunity to talk to one uh, in, the, in, the, um, in the, um, the island off of Tanzania. I forgot the name of the island, but I had the opportunity to talk to him. And uh, another, I talked to another one in Mombasa in the, on the coast of Kenya. So I, they, I noticed he kept following me everywhere I go. I look around and say, oh, here's this guy. So I had the opportunity to sit down and talk to him. So how are you doing? So what's going on? Everything all right? Yeah, you know, it's a beautiful country out here. So, you know, uh, what can you do to keep it beautiful like this? You know, and that stuff like that, you know what I mean? But clearly, you know, so, 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 so when Western states tell African leaders, I want you to watch, you know, I want you to watch these individuals. African leaders watch those individuals as though you somehow an, an, an intrinsic threat to the aspirations of the content of Africa or African people generally. So it's a very complex question that you ask, brother the African. It's a very, very complex question you, you ask. All those things are needed. All those things are needed. Certainly, uh, information goes a long way in terms of moving people forward. But the, but the problem is that when we, when you start talking about information and when you talk about the, the power of technology to determine what information gets out there and what mission doesn't, that becomes a different question. You know, Right now, you know, the problems we may have in terms of just communicating on this little show, this, this little show, uh, imagine if we could do it on a much grander scale in terms of trying to convey this information throughout the world. They're very difficult so we would counter in terms of trying to do that. Uh, so, so clearly, they're, they're, so we, we, you know, I think we have to work on many, many fronts in terms of trying to achieve, you know, uh, what we're trying to achieve in terms of, you know, cadre's institutions, uh, information. I think we have much on much operate on much broader scale in terms of trying to achieve that. I think it, that's going to, uh, in terms of achieving what we want to achieve, I think it's going to be facilitated by both working inside the United States and outside the United States in terms of achieving that. I think uh, nations like the Caribbean, I think, Central and South America, I think those more progressive nations will play a big part in terms of facilitating what we try to do. So I think at some point we have to incorporate countries like Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua, uh, uh, Eritrea in terms of assisting us, in terms of trying to bring into reality those kind of institutions, those kind of cadres, the kind of information that's so pertinent to the development of Africa. Because one thing is clear, uh, you know, as as, 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 as capitalism deconstructs, uh, there's no question about it. Uh, Africa's going to pay a huge price. And as a result of this whole-called Ukraine-Russian war, already, just in terms of the price of grain, or, or, or uh, being that, Africa, that, that Russia, control, Russia and Ukraine control so much dissemination of, of grain. A lot of those states are catching hell, and so it's very difficult in terms of bring about some 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 semblance of discourse when countries are confront, confronted with famine. So so we got so it's a very complex problem, brother Africa. And in fact, if we had organization in this among you know the wealthy in American society who had a consciousness who understood what is really going on, then they could move to actually do those kind of things in which we'd like to see coming to fruition. But the problem is that most Africans with wealth don't have that kind of consciousness. And so I think to some extent we have to do a better job in terms of trying to reach those Africans with wealth in terms of enhancing their consciousness so they understand, or at least they, 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 at least they begin to understand, that their survival is dependent upon what happens in the continent of Africa. And to stop thinking that somehow that their experience is uniquely American, and so therefore what happens to them is uniquely American fair, that's what happens in Africa has no impact on them. So we have to t- educate them better in terms of unlearning uh, uh, that, kind of, that kind of nonsense. But ever, not to be vague, but it's a very, complex question that you ask about Africa. And much as I like to see those things, you know, come into fruition in terms of, you know, the colleges and institutions and the dissemination of information, the bottom line is that uh, we, we, we have to really think strategically in terms of achieving those things. And uh, that's going to take a lot of serious discussion in terms of achieving those kind of things.
6: You know um, and I want everybody who can um, shine in to do so, and we' go one by one, but how can you say something interesting Now, i, I I've been grappling with this for a long time around this whole notion the idea or this uh narrative that money money can free you. People said more money you have, and the more freedom you can get. I find it not to be true because. When it comes to our people, something strange about their philosophy. They have money, but they're truly scared to spend their money in areas where it needs to be spent. And if they do do it, they're scared that the system will find ways to punish them for it. So therefore, even with money, it does allow them to truly make decisions that they want to make. What's the purpose of having money and you can't spend it the way you totally want to spend? And that seems to be a dilemma for African people, not for mothers. Other folks seem to have liberties to spend our money as they please. So I'm just asking myself, what is, the, what is the purpose if you have money and you can't spend it according to how you want to spend it? You can invest it where you want to invest so it. You can't you can, um, spread it around to to whoever you may want to spread it around. Panelists? There's, there's something wrong with that picture? I start off to bring Sister for a while. Okay. Sister Eleanor. Your
0: response to my statement. Um, what is your question, Brother Africa? I'm sorry. Please
3: question you is why are they gonna
0: free us to
6: give us kind of freedom? Why is it the African people scared to, to send out money and make choices sure where they may be penalized by the system if they do. There's no accident why athletes don't contribute to other progressive rubbish and things. They have sent them all kind of messages not to, and they choose not to do that. So what's the purpose of having money if you can not spend it the way you want it?
3: Well, I think uh, as Brother Haki and Brother Anthony had mentioned, it's neo-colonialism and it's uh, self-gain and self-wealth. And that's uh what what uh and wanting to maintain the status quo. Uh, that's the issue, uh, with money. But in terms of inflation and domestically, right now I think people have to be educated. And people realize that Tweet owns the, uh Amazon owns the platform Tweet that allowed the murder of 10 uh, African people in Buffalo to be broadcast live, Uh, they would uh, think twice about ordering things from Prime and from Amazon. I also think that um, people understood the importance of organizing things um, uh, many millions of dollars Amazon spent on union busting down in uh, Mississippi, but yet how successful the union organi- organizing effort was on Staten Island. uh we begin to put our money where our mouth is, and and you are talking about the ruling class, aren't you, brother Africa, and where they spend their money?
6: That's correct.
2: That's correct.
3: Yeah, it they're trying to maintain the status quo, and their interest isn't uh, the future so much of the nation as it is their their their. Current situation and that of their uh, community, whether it be their family, their, their 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 tribe, or what whatever. So, as long as you have that kind of mentality, that neo-colonialist mentality, you're not going to see a, a new paradigm develop. But I firmly believe this is an opportunity to see a unified Africa around the uh, sudden and radical need for change uh, in terms of energy production and renewable energy sources, especially when you consider the extreme Drought in the Sahel region, uh, geographical region of Africa. It would be a perfect time to think about reusable energy and uh, whether it's windmills, whatever it is that utilizes that heat to produce a product that can be sold to the EU and other venues. And so there is a window of opportunity right now um, that uh, I see uh, here on the forefront.
6: Dr. Um, Moses, can you hear me? What you make of this question, people have the money, and are scared to spend it the way they want you. Dr. So Moses. What's the value of having wealth or having so-called wealth? You can't spend it the way you want to. What does that make yeah. you?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, wealth is health is your only wealth when you get down to it. But um, but yeah, money and and property and things are wealth. Uh, uh, yeah. The, Self-determination is, is to say
2: mm-hmm.
4: to look out for the best interests of the world and um, and um, try to leave the planet in better shape than you found it.
6: Thank you, Brother Mo. Brother Anthony, your response to my
8: yes, to uh, my situation. I'm trying to I'm understand wonder... the
6: phenomenon. Have him. A... go, ahead, Anthony.
8: Yes, uh, I want to uh, deal with a point that Brother Haki made earlier, and that is in terms of uh, building uh mass organization, and it's going to take organization, we have to use every means possible. Now, uh, right now, uh, most pan-Africanist organizations are small and poor. But uh the way uh the way you get around uh these forces is that every organization that exists has to organize where the membership is is at. Whether it be in Africa, uh Central South America and the Caribbean, uh North America. But people have to organize where they're at, and we have to master the technology uh, for communicating with each other. We have to gain mastery of that. We don't control it, but we have to learn how to use it effectively. That is the only way we're going to build the mass organization that's necessary uh to bring about pan-africanism now in i a- answer to your question about money uh you raise a very important point brother africa and that goes to shows that to show that money is not power uh because money is often controlled by the banks by finance capital and uh, a lot of these Africans that have big bucks, they're in very visible positions, hence very vulnerable positions. For the most part, they don't have the freedom to spend their money the way they want to. They have to spend it the way other uh, other sectors of the petty bourgeoisie or or bourgeoisie do, and that is to maintain the dominance of finance capital. It is not only their mindset for the most part, but also the fact that there are they are visible, highly visible. You know people like uh you know uh you know your entertainers, your athletes those make up most of your multimillionaires at least in the u s anyway and uh let's see in some parts of the diaspora it could be government officials and at home, but because of their visibility, that puts a constraint on them because they can't do anything they want with their money because um you know because the eyes of the media are on them uh so 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 i think those are the factors uh and um you know you raise a good question because that shows there's a difference between power and money Having a lot of money does not necessarily translate into power. Power comes from the control of land, either your own or somebody else's. And that's something Africans generally lack. Thank you, Brother Anthony. Any
0: response, Brother Haki? Yeah. On this
6: money question? You hear me? Yeah,
0: go ahead.
6: Yes, we can. Yeah.
7: Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I. You know, I, 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 I hear, brother Anthony. You know, money is not, money is not power. Uh, the, the, the bottom line that which we call money is really is no more than a computer configuration. We're talking about, you know, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, some, 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 some digital, some digital idea, in terms of, su- terms of something, imagine- some imaginary idea in terms of what constitutes money. It doesn't physically exist. So you're absolutely correct to to a large extent it's simply a mindset uh but the question in terms of you know uh you know what you mean uh there's this this of of africans with Af- with wealth to use it to empower african people uh, part of it is to sustain to 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 perpetuate the status quo and there's no question about that. Some of it is ignorance, and no question about that. But I think that one of the one of the bigger problems is that there's 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 I'm not that's not that's an adequate understanding in terms of the, the depth of the issues that are confronting the African community, you know, in the, in you know in Western world. I think that lack of understanding in terms of the depth of this, uh, of the of the issues impacting the African community, I think to a large extent affords the Africans with wealth to think. That their problems or the problems of poor African people are not the problem of that not their problem now understanding if you're talking in the context of a system uh the system has certain precepts certain ideas that it has to it has to perpetuate in terms of maintaining power so that means that the the eventual uh, impoverization of large number of African people in order maintain, in order to maintain the status quo then that's precisely what happens and so to that extent to the extent that people with African people with wealth becomes a fundamental threat to gold nations of power wealth of people the system has no problem in terms of relieving them of that wealth they don't understand that and in that context but F is right that the, the it is not really the money that brings about the, the definitive kind of results that we seek it's really one an idea in motion and secondly the 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 the, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, acquisition of land in terms of the Power is in its truest sense uh one of the things that you when know, we talk about the republic when we talk about the Republic of New Africa uh when we talk about you know liberating five states, it's very interesting when those five states which constitute the majority of african people uh if in fact if they had the politics, in fact liberation would be relatively easy to achieve because they got the numbers and they have the finances in terms of achieving that it's It's only the lack of political clarity that prevents you know Africans in those five states from actually coming together to create uh, a de facto state uh, you know, um, uh, which they can do the kind of things they need they need to do in terms of, you know, excelling and surviving in a very, under very hostile circumstances. But I but I think, uh, Brother Africa, I think you're right. I think, you know, you know, when when you start talking about equating, you know, money to power, it becomes fundamentally becomes a it becomes not only such not such a not only a philosophical problem, but it becomes a, a more a, a, a tactical problem. Because the thing is that in order to bring about change, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily take the money in terms of bringing about that change. It takes the understanding to bring about that change. And so if you've got people working in concert, moving to create certain objectives or to achieve certain ends, strategically working together to achieve those ends, then then that is power in its truest sense. And that makes it possible for things to change. Uh, but money, and to the extent that it has some value in terms of the movement, uh people tend to think equate money with being successful and so if a person with money speaks to them and tells them there 's fundamentally a problem in terms of the oppression of African people based upon America uh, um, socioeconomic uh, uh circumstances, they 're more likely to listen as opposed to someone you know who doesn 't have that kind of economic standing. I know that 's unfortunate. And uh, it really shouldn't be that way. Uh, you know, Barring you know, media exposure, uh, the tendency to think, you know, that money defines success is, 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 is paramount in the minds of a lot of people. I think one of the reasons why Martin Luther King and Malcolm X are so successful in terms of disseminating their message because of the media exposure. The media exposure translated into being successful. And so therefore, they had the ear of the masses of people reality is that these these capitalists now are not going to allow anybody anybody who has a message of empowerment to have the, the visibility of the media at large. That's not going to happen because they understand the power of the media, and so that's so that's not going to happen. But 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 again, right. I think uh, in terms yeah, you said something, brother. Africa?
6: no, go ahead, finish your thought.
7: Yeah. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll conclude because I uh, I know been are long-winded. And I don't I don't want to do that. I'm time from other panelists. Uh, but I'll simply conclude by simply saying, you know, uh, you know, the, these questions definitely have to be have to be discussed, uh, and these going to take really in-depth discussions in terms of you know moving forward, because there's a, there's a lot um, um, uh, a lot a lot of nuance uh, that we have that we have to contend with in terms of really being in a position to bring about the kind of uh, 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 movement that we need in terms of true empowerment. And I'll close with that.
6: Okay, in closing on our program tonight, may I actually talk a little bit something positive here? Let's talk about Cuba, Brother Ike. we got to ram up this engine and get moving. We want to take as many people from around the world who want them to meet us in Cancun to go to Cuba in defiance of the U.S. blockade. Talk to the people why it's important to support Cuba and why they should come with the African Awareness Association in conjunction with Africa on the move.
7: Well, the, the, the great thing about the great thing about Cuba, when we talk about the kind of historical problems uh, you know, uh you know, African people have been confronted with uh, you know, in the Western world, Cuba similarly had had similar kinds of problems in terms of overcoming their obstacles in terms of, you know, politics which uh Adversely impacted on the lives of African people in Cuba. Uh, as a result of that revolution, uh, Cuba has been able to establish institutions which create individuals, very uh, really humane individuals, uh, individuals you're proud to associate with. And so, one of the things when we talk about the role of institutions, when we contrast institution, Cuban institutions with institutions of America, and we ask ourselves, why? Uh, why is greed, everest, uh, individualism, selfishness uh, a uh, traits to be admired in America, whereas in you, you got things where collectivity, working together, sharing, caring, are uh, 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 attributes in which uh, people embrace. Well, it speaks to the fundamental nature in terms of how institutions work. And so, Cuba is doing a very good job in terms of um, uh, creating most humane, most energetic people, most loving people that you ever want to meet. And so, we encourage people to go to Cuba first and to see for themselves. You know what makes Cuba such a a, a marvelous place—not uh, only to to visit, but to live. Uh, I think once people get an understanding in terms of you know what Cuba is all about by actually engaging in discourse with Cuban people and in particular when you talk about the commitment to the sense of revolution, actually talking to community leaders in terms of their their views around um, <clears throat> issues pertaining to you know politics, economics, social concerns. So when you get an opportunity to talk to people in the community about those issues, then you get a a, a, a sense. In terms of not only Cubans understanding and necessity in terms of engaging these issues, but understanding that in order to in order to those to continue to, to perpetuate conditions that are favorable to humanity, then people that Cubans understand that they must continue to grow and understand the world in which they live in. And as a consequence, one of the things, that people often ask, well, what are, what, are, what kind of hostility the Cuban people have toward those people born in America? Cubans don't have any hostility toward people born in America. They understand uniquely that the problems that, that, that society is confronted with has to do with an imperialist system in place, which has nothing to do with the masses of people who have no power, no control in terms of the execution of imperialism. They understand that. And so when you go to Cuba, they treat you respectfully, lovingly, just like you do anyone else. And so you've got to simply marvel at these this people, you know, despite the historical atrocities that confronted them, they're such so peaceful and loving. But yet they're very, very knowledgeable. And so we, we have to definitely take our hats off to Cuba in terms of the educational system, one of the best educational systems in the world. And despite the U.S. hostilities toward Cuba, to be able to use the, 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 the wealth that you do have for the benefit of the masses of people and to manifest itself in terms of educational system will create the, some of the best minds the world has ever known, it's a testament to the Cuban system. So it's important our people, asking people, all people, it's important that we understand that such a paradigm exists. And to go into Cuba and for yourself to see that paradigm in action, I think, is, is, a, is a thing to behold. So we encourage people to disregard the propaganda, disregard the disinformation, go to Cuba and see for yourself. There's much to be learned from the Cuban experience. There must be learned from the Cuban people in terms of movements, in terms of you know, dealing with atrocity, all those things which are so key in terms of survival you know, in a very hostile terrain. So clearly we ask people, you know, to go to Cuba to see themselves firsthand the beauty of Cuba. Now, this trip takes place on July 23rd to July 31st, and that's leaving from Cancun, Mexico. Now, while in Cuba, we'll be going to to Guantanamo, Santiago de Cuba, and Havana. Now, now for application, please email us at African Awareness Association, all one word, number two, at gmail.com. For additional information, you can contact us at Article 804, 549-7492 Five four nine seven four nine two, or area code two zero two seven one four nine four three five, or visit our website at www.aa-cubatours.com dot com. So we really think that people would benefit a lot from actually going to Cube and see for themselves, you know, what Cuba is all about, and to bring back some of those experiences, some of those understandings, uh, to facilitate real change in our communities. Uh, you know, um, <clears throat> you know. So for for those people who don't think. That change is possible. uh, To go to Cuba, I'm sure um, you you would uh, you have to reevaluate that stance, because what Cuba has been able to achieve is miraculous. And so clearly, you know we have much there's much to be learned from Cuba, and we encourage people firsthand to go see for themselves the greatness of Cuba.
6: Talk to me, brother Anthony, why we should support and travel to Cuba, and come on this delegation. Get the people something to think
8: about to come with us. Certainly, Uh, it's an opportunity to learn what life is like in a society that is trying to build a socialist society, which is something uh, that uh, uh, a lot of people in the U.S. have never experienced. Also, other parts of the of the African diaspora as well. And uh, so it's it's definitely a life-changing experience, and it gives you a chance to learn more about a different economic system. And, uh, you know, and also to experience the beauty and, uh, you know, and the friendliness of the masses of the people in Cuba and how a society uh, that is trying to build socialism guided by revolutionary ideology can transform people. So I think it's very useful.
6: Sister Eleanor, talk to us why we should support Cuba
0: and go to Cuba. Can you hear me, Sister Eleanor? Again, this
6: control is that's a control board totally out of control. When I'm speaking to you, also, my phone is out of control and gone whack, and it became dysfunctional in the last hour or so. Now, this phone is very important in terms of my communications. This is another example of how they can control you, what you think is yours you never own. So tomorrow, i have to figure out most likely, how do you get another phone or is it just that they have made it so it became so inoperable? Because we are doing a good job of trying to organize our people. My phone is totally gone. So we can't get out of the door. Can we get Brother Moses? Brother Moses, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Brother Moses? Say yes or no. Okay, what well, we're going to do right now is the patrol board is totally out of control. We'd like to thank everybody for allowing us to um, come in and share this information with you today. We're going to redo this program, Part 2, Disinformation lies. Hopefully next week we'll have better results. So until next time, you can move to go forward, backward, novel. This is Africa on the Move. Come and join us in the African Awareness Association as we begin to prepare to go to Cuba. And you find out more about this trip and support it by contacting the African Awareness Association that, like Brother Hackey said, all spelled together, lower caps, African Awareness Association, 2 at gmail.com. So again, brothers and sisters, people of good goodwill, you can always try to go forward. Backwards level. We'll see you next week.
2: And mm-hmm.
0: Hello. Hmm. Mm.
2: oh <sweak> <sweak>